You know the difference between hockey and those other sports? You gotta be tough to be a hockey player. I idolized Dominic Kaczyk. I played goalie because of Dominic Kaczyk. My life in hockey has been started because of Sabres hockey. I didn't need playoffs this year. I wanted it, but I didn't need it. But when you screw up for the fans as much as this team has over the last, like, five years, and just don't hold yourself accountable, I'm sorry. I'll hang up and listen. I'm sorry. Welcome to Two Goalies, One Mike, an in-depth look and behind-the-mask conversation about the greatest game on earth, where everything goes and nothing's off limits. Now I'll tell you something about this guy. This is only three minutes, eh? Whammo! Welcome back, everybody, to episode 42 of Two Goalies, One Mike. I am Dwayne Forkully, who currently isn't here. He's on the ice for one of his clinics. Uh, hope to get you back on soon, Cully. I know it's been a while since we heard your voice. With that being said, I am not alone. Don't worry. I have making his two goalies, two goalies, one Mike debut, the one, the only former teammate of mine, still a teammate of mine, uh, Patrick Gillen. Gilly, how are you, buddy? I'm good, Dwayne. How are you? <laughs> Dude, you, 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 I was, I was expecting you to come in hot, man. Well, like we always, like you always do when we and you and talk, you know, maybe a little Gilly Suarez, but you know, I guess I can, I guess I can deal with that. I mean, I was expecting more. Well, I'm, I'm trying, I'm trying, I'm trying to be proper. I mean, what do you want me to say? Dwayne, how the hell are you? Let's go, baby. Let's do this yeah, thing. Let's go, baby. Let's go. <laughs> uh, yeah, there's a ton to talk. There's a ton to talk about, man. I know we're a hockey podcast, but I don't think it can be ignored what the Buffalo bills have been doing lately uh, and what it does for Buffalo sports culture here in the city. Um, you know, I wrote an article about it at trainwrecksports.com and Dean Blundell, uh, Dean com. You kind of commented on it to me in a uh, private. I, uh, you know, I took a lot of pride in writing that article, you know, just what the success of the bills and Josh Allen has kind of done for the culture in this city and what he as an athlete kind of means to this, to this culture. Uh, I mean, you know, what are your thoughts on that Gilly? I don't, I try not to buy in like too much to the whole, oh, Buffalo blue collar. Like, I think it's definitely a thing. And like, I totally agree with kind of what you were saying. Like, you know, what does McDermott always say? Oh, it's a blue collar town. Bring your lunchbox to work, you know, water cooler on the back of the truck type stuff, which to a, to a point, I think that's right. A lot of it too is, I mean, you look at like, okay, so you look for years in New England Brady and Belichick, I think think I think life in the NFL for an NFL team, it gets a lot easier when you have a good quarterback. I mean, straight up. I mean, you know, when you when you have a guy that you can somewhat rely on that makes passes that your average quarterback doesn't make, that has the mentality that he does. Um, I think it makes it a lot easier to be a fan of a football team when you have what looks like I'm on board hundred percent. What, what looks like if you have your franchise guy, oh, I mean, yeah. for years, for years, we we did the Tyrod thing where is he good enough? He's good, but is he good enough? You put Peterman in there. God love him. <laughs> you know, you try, you try, you know, you spun the wheels for a while at quarterback. Now you kind of have some consistency and like I joked around with my friends, 
I said I could have coached New England back in Brady's heyday to 10 wins. I would have been like, all right, Tom, go ahead. Yeah, they'll go I out think, there and do it. I think Belichick is a good coach. I think coaching definitely obviously plays a part in running an NFL team. But I think it gets a lot easier to coach when you have a franchise quarterback. Oh, absolutely. Uh, a quarterback makes a coach just as much as the coach makes the quarterback. I think that's the best way to put it. Um, you know, look at, I mean, there are some exceptions. I mean, I guess it's tough to, to judge a guy like Patrick Mahomes. He does have an unbelievably offensively offensive guru and Andy Reed in Kansas city. Mahomes, Mahomes is also too a world. I mean, he's, yeah, he's a world-class athlete. He's world-class. Yeah, like he, I think he could have played professional baseball too. I'm pretty sure he was a draft pick in baseball. I know Kyler Murray was. Kyler Murray was like a first round uh, draft pick for the MLB. You know, um, you know where you see that where you see that come out with the two of those guys when they do those un, those kind of unscripted plays where they roll out and they yep. give that little three quarter sidearm almost like yep. baseball. You're turning like you're turning a double play. Russell Wilson too. Russell Wilson was drafted in the MLB. Yankees. I think I think it was the Yankees. Don't quote me, but he, I think it was. Did he go to Did he go to a training camp too? Didn't he like attend the yeah, like Yankees yeah. training camp? Yeah. After he signed like a big deal. Well, I just want to be an athlete. He did it for pictures. He's, yeah, it's exactly. He wanted to be. Yeah. A, he wanted to have his picture taken in a Yankees jersey, and the Yankees yeah, were willing exactly. to oblige. That's exactly and what it was. It, I'm not a huge Russell Wilson fan. I think he's a great player. As a person, I kind of think he's a dork. I just it's hard to listen to him, <laughs> but. I can't I would, blame I, before Josh Allen. I would have taken as my quarterback. Oh yeah, I, would, I, would, I, I mean, if there's one guy in the league I would take over Josh Allen, it's oof, it's maybe Russell Wilson or Mahomes, but yeah. it's very very close. Yeah, those two those two guys, and the difference between them two is I think Russell Wilson tends to kind of go cold every once in a while, like for a few weeks at a time. Whereas I think Mahomes is much more consistent over the season. Like dude, week six, going into like week six, week seven, I, I, I was pegging Russell Wilson to be the MVP this season. And then he fell off for like four weeks straight. But I mean, but he should, he should have two rings if Pete Carroll wasn't an idiot and just, you know, would, would have ran the ball with Lynch at the goal line, but he didn't. Well, yeah. Pete, Pete Carroll made Malcolm Butler's career, Mal- Malcolm Butler made one Literally. play. Now he's getting a truck from Brady, the MVP. Yeah, he's, yeah, he's, you know what I mean. Like one play made Malcolm Butler's career. Yeah, like he was he was an he was an RRA corner, but he wasn't anything like out of this world special. I, mean, I had no, got, I had no, I had no clue. Cool. He got I had, no, I had no clue who he was until that pick. But you know me, a Brady fan, and you know I had a little action on that game, so I was running down the hallway. Let's go, baby! <laughs> I won. I won fifteen hundred dollars on that pick. Cause I had squares and um, I was, I was at, you know, uh, my buddy John's and he was, a, he was at a big party. Uh, his brother was at a big party for the Super Bowl, And like, I'm sitting there squaring up a storm in his, in his brother's living room, like son of a bitch. Like, you know, these are my numbers. Like fuck, you're just going to run it in with Lynch. And then you watch it when you watch Russell Wilson drop back and you're like, no, he's not, they're not actually going to throw the ball. And then you hear him yell intercept. You hear me picked it off. I was losing my friggin' mind, man. Like I, like I was losing my mind. Like fifteen hundred dollars, fifteen hundred dollars, especially back then for me. It was like, hell yeah, dude! I'll take that fifteen hundred easy. That was well, great. Yeah. Well, no, I, 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 I personally, if you really like watch the play and you go back and like you really watch it, I, I don't mind the play call. Malcolm Butler, like that might have been like, I know the hype because obviously the magnitude of the game. Yeah. How he, how he jumped that route. I don't it was a great play. It was a great play was by he, Butler. 
I think it was a little bit of a combination of both. Like, yes, he jumped the route, but yes, you also should have run it. And I think it was just like a perfect storm. Like, yeah, well, I mean, you got you got beast mode, beast mode out there. Exactly. You gotta, if it's any other running back, I guess I could understand the play call a little bit more. But you have a guy who literally just dummies people when he runs into them. Like, no what did they need? Like a yard, a yard or two? It was maybe two yards at most. At most. I, I mean, look at look at Brady, who I like so much. He fought, He's one of the best at a quarterback sneak where he just falls forward, falls forward and gets, gets the first down. Like, like I think I think me and you could have probably. Well, I don't want to say that, but definitely not. Like, no. We could have probably. We we maybe could have got in there. Like if if they if they created the right hole, maybe maybe we blow it our knee in the process, but we would have got it in the end zone. I would I would I would take a torn ACL to score a Super Bowl touchdown. I would trade up my knee for a Super Bowl touchdown. Right. Well, it's well, got to uh, be a pretty cool feeling. Oh my god! Even when you're getting tired off the field, man. Yo, that that like, be that. Mick, you know, ultra, ultra champagnes all night for Pat Gilly Suarez that night. Dude, just getting carted off, just holding your leg in two pieces. Yeah, man, it's uh, it's it's it was wild that like that was the play call. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I won fifteen hundred dollars on a granite. Was another another ring on Tom Brady's finger, but at the same time, it's like shit. I'll take fifteen hundred dollars. But you know, with yeah. all that being said, like like you said, like um, there those are maybe one of two guys that you would probably take over Josh Allen right now. And uh, like I said, man, the culture he's created in this city, you know, he really exemplifies what it means to be from Buffalo. Um, he's really like. I, I could see him if he does, in fact, play his entire career with the Bills, which I don't see if he if he continues down this path the way he's playing that he won't. He's gonna. He's, he's gonna. going to. He yeah. is absolutely the type of guy who's going to put his roots here in Buffalo and raise his family here, hundred percent. He he's like a guy. So going back to what you said, it's not even that I would take those guys over him. It was just those would be the only guys I would even like consider. Yeah. I yeah. straight up like I think. I think he's probably right now playing. He's the best quarterback in the NFL right now. He might be. He's up there. I don't want – dude, it's hard. Mahomes does things that are – Mahomes is like like Tiger Woods, like, of football. Like, he's just otherworldly. Yeah. He comes down to earth some games too, but every quarterback does. I'm not – I hate the expression, oh, it's a week-to-week league, but realistically, I do kind of believe in that. There was a guy today on Twitter saying, oh, yeah, but you never know what you're going to get out of Josh Allen. Well, there's a lot of quarterbacks that shit the yeah. bed on a week. You know, it, it happens. It, it, I mean, it does happen. I mean, like, dude, look at – okay, Nick Foles, perfect example. Won, won the Eagles a Super Bowl. Won, won the Eagles a Super Bowl against your Patriots. Had the game of his lifetime. Had to throw for 500 – or he had to throw four or 500 yards to do it. And that game, Tom Brady still threw for, like, 450 yards and lost. But Nick Foles will never have another game like that probably in his life. Again, it is a week-to-week thing with any quarterback. But with when you're getting this type of consistency out of Josh Allen, how can you possibly deny how good he is? Like that guy, uh, was Nick Wright or whatever, that, that dork. dork on, on Twitter, dork. who absolutely refuses to acknowledge that he was wrong about Josh Allen. And he, he provided this these, the analytics for it. And then he tried to compare Allen's consistency, that his highs are so high – but his lows are down here, and that's why his completion is his, his QB rating is only like a hundred. Whereas you know he has so many weeks where his QB rating is like one forty because he has all these lows, and that's what it brings down to hundred. And he tries to compare him to Baker Mayfield. He's like 
Baker Mayfield's been more consistent. Like, don't get me wrong, I I like Baker Mayfield. I think he's having a better year this year. I think he's you know definitely taking a few steps forward from you know his sophomore season. But that is not a comparison. Baker Mayfield has had some really rough weeks, and to to sit there and label him as consistent is completely ignorant. Not to mention he's on a run first football team that where where they may, they're maybe throwing the ball 25 times a game where you're throwing the ball 40 plus plus a game with Buffalo. It's not even a comparison. Nick Wright literally needs to be sent into the sun because it's so annoying at this point. I know he's doing it for clicks. I I get it. He's trying to publicize himself, but it's so annoying at this point, dude, just admit you were wrong and move on. Well, so, so Allen is so polarizing because where he came from and how like he was looked at coming into the draft. So how he was so polarizing coming into the league that's the only reason this that Nick Wright like even has like a even has like a topic to talk about him just because like where he came from. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Like, oh, he might have been this. Well, we got we, we don't know what he's gonna be. Who the hell cares? Like, if it look at what he's done, where he's come from. I think I don't want to like harp. I don't want to like be a Debbie Downer. Yeah, I don't know if Allen can play like at this level forever i mean if he can like jesus christ like sign me up yeah but even if he's like kind of close to this level where see to me it's even hard it's hard to it's hard to like categorize it because the jump has been so big yeah you know what i'm saying like like he's he's playing at an at an at a lights out pace like he's like this season he's playing at an mvp caliber level I think even if he comes back down to earth a little bit, I'm okay with that. So my biggest thing with Allen is, yes, we have seen the ceiling and it is, it's like, it's, he's a, like he has, he makes elite plays, the arm talent you can't teach. My biggest thing is what I've liked about Allen growing over the last couple of years is that his floor is rising. So even his bad games, he's kind of getting away with it. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, and he's not playing no, hero ball. Even, his, even his bad games, when you can tell he's not quite feeling it, him and Diggs might are on this, might not be on the same page. They figure it out. Even his bad games, they're still getting by with that, which I think is the biggest thing. His floor is rising. He's playing up here, but his floor is rising. So if he kind of, for the rest of his career as a bill, kind of gets in that that little pocket that, you know, which we all hope for. Yeah. I'm with it. You can't teach. There was a throw last night. I, th- I don't know if it was a touchdown to Diggs, but he looked like two other ways and he was on his back foot. He was flat footed and he threw off his back, off his back leg and hit Diggs in stride. That's, that's just the raw talent. You can't teach. Yeah, You can't teach that. I a hundred percent agree. There's things you can't teach a quarterback. And I, like I said, Allen's just a pure athlete. Like just the, just the athleticism of the man is just like remarkable. Um, you know, and obviously signing stuff on digs helps a lot, man. Like I still can't believe Minnesota let that guy go. Like the Minnesota fans gotta be, I mean, granted they got Jefferson and that's a great, that's a great pickup in the draft, but you look at what Diggs has done this year. I mean, and you look at I me, mean, you, you kind of look at your own quarterback. You're like, shit, man, Kirk Cousins, dog shit. Like, you know, like look what Josh Allen, not, not Josh Allen, but look what Allen's doing with Diggs this year. And you couldn't even get remotely any close to that with Diggs when he was in Minnesota. I mean, fuck man. They gotta be kicking themselves for that. This, this, this year is like, if you couldn't script it any better, you know what I mean? I don't, 
I don't want to get too far ahead of myself because I think the success they're having this year is definitely sustainable, but if it's, I don't, if they can't replicate it next year, it, I mean, they're, they're what they're 13 and two or whatever they are. It's, it's, if they can't, it's hard to play this good two years in a row. Yeah. But I think they've shown signs of what they're doing this year that their process, their process, it's sustainable. Mm-hmm. Even if they take a little, I don't want to say a step back, but even if they're not as explosive next year, I think what they have going longevity wise, which in the NFL longevity, it could be two weeks, you know, you never know in the yeah. NFL. I think they have a nice little, they, they have a nice little, like the Sabres used to say, they got a nice little core. Yeah. You know, oh yeah. Core in place. I think, like, I think Stefan Diggs gets an extension. Yeah, he's only 27. Yeah, Diggs is definitely going to get an extension. How do you not give him one with the year he's having? Uh, you're going to sign Josh Allen this offseason to the big contract. That's a given. Um, and I got to imagine in this draft, you're going to definitely probably improve your defense even more. You need better pass rushing. That's a given. Like You're going to probably def- draft a defensive tackle or defensive end, help get you to the quarterback, or maybe some more depth at corner, because I think you, you could always use a little bit more depth at corner. I would not. I would not be opposed to drafting a cornerback. I know. I feel like every year for the last twenty years, the Bills always draft a cornerback, but they've always been solid at that position too. Even Leotis McKelvin wasn't terrible. He, like, he was, tough, mouth, he was tough, 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 tough to. Yo, so I got a funny Leotis McKelvin story. So good player, not the brightest crane in the box. Not at all. No. So I was at the Getty gas station down Southwestern by the stadium. I was merchandising for Triad. I was putting the, the beer order away. Leotis McKelvin oh, rolls in at the gas pump in his big Escalade with Florida plates, comes in, pays for gas, has no clue what pumps he, what pump he's on. Uh, shit, the Escalade over there, you know, right there. <laughs> Dude, literally, I was sitting there listening to him talk. <laughs> very good decent cornerback decent punt, kick returner yeah over there the big the big cadillac with the rims shit i was like <laughs> at the get at the, at the getty like- gas station down southwestern in hamburg yo it, i i think pete might have been dude it was i was like oh i'm like oh it's leotis mckelvin and i'm like and then you know then he started to talk to the cat you know the cashier i'm like yeah that's definitely well, that's, that's that's definitely leotis mckelvin yeah, that's definitely <laughs> I don't know where the interview was, but there was like an interview. It was, it was when he was with the Bills. I'm pretty sure it was when he was with the Bills. Yo, we 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 gonna beat the ass, shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, there was a, there was an interview. I, I'm not sure if it was like a high school interview, like doing it as a favor or just being nice. But I'm pretty sure it was when he was with the Bills, and he was at, he was on some like some sort like set of bleachers. And like, I'm not kidding you. Like the the title of the video, I forget what it, it was on social media. I forget where it was, but the title of the video is. What does he say at this minute mark? Oh boy. For 10 seconds, dude. I I listened to that at least 20 times trying to make it out. I couldn't make out a word of it. And it, it was clear audio. Like you could not, he was talking like it's like you're what? And he's like, he, talks, oh, he, what? Talks, he talks really quick. Like he talks yeah. quick. Yeah. So the, inter- so the one interview I was talking about, I think it was before they played Pittsburgh. Don't quote me. But the one reporter asked him, he goes like, well, what do you think about next week against Pittsburgh? He's like, well, we're going to beat the ass. Shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it, 
and it's on. You can find the video. The video is out there. You know, we oh, can beat sure the shit. I was like, well, yeah. You want to know? You want one of the best videos, that Bill's related videos I've ever seen, like interview wise. Uh, not many people know about it. Um, Alice Langster. Nope. Nope. Better. Oh, okay. Um, it was with Bruce Smith. It was after he retired. It was on. I want to say it was like TNN or TNT. Um, he was in a full like suit, like a suit with no tie, just like a, a sports jacket and you know sports coat and stuff like that. And you know he's a big, big fucking guy. And they're talking about Flutie and Rob Johnson. And um, it starts off. Uh, you could see his eyes are kind of like glazed over. He's just like he starts just smiling. And he like he's like in the middle of a thought, and then he just stops and he started smiling. And the guy done the interview is like, okay, well, and he starts talking about Flutie and Johnson. And all of a sudden his eyes start to pop out of his head and his hands are in his pockets. He starts falling backwards. In his no, head. I, I've seen it. Yes. He tries to keep, he, it was like he tries to keep himself on his feet with his head. by no, leaning yes, forward. I've seen that. I've seen that. <laughs> I've seen that. I've seen that. He was cooked, dude. He was hammered, hammered. They said it was dehydration. No, dude. He was fucking drunk. He was those, Dude, those – those those 90s Bills teams, man, they were notorious for partying. That's why they oh, were so yeah, good. dude. He was cooked, bro. That's why I've heard stories, you know, from my from my inside sources. Like, dude, like you'd have like Kelly on an IV at halftime. That's why they were such a fucking a good second half team in those 90s. They'd put up a stinker in the first half, and then Kelly would come out and rip 250 yards in the second half after yeah. an IV. Because him and Bruce were at the big tree in on in Orchard Park. The night before a game, hammering fucking draft beer. Yeah, oh, absolutely. You, everybody hears the stories. You know, some paint, Cal, you know, we all know, you know, all the, all the Chris Berman, Chris Bur- Boomer, Boomer from yeah. ESPN was with them. I do, yeah, oh, yeah. Yeah, dude, like you hear these stories about, you know, the off the field stuff that doesn't paint guys like Kelly probably in the best light, you know, but that's not for us to talk about. But, but regardless, man, they got it done for as long as they did. Um, <laughs> God, yeah, dude, Bruce Smith. <laughs> I'll give. I, all remember, the- I remember that he was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah it was like yeah. he was trying to keep himself on his feet by tilting his head forward, and he just fell flat on his back with his hands still in his pockets. And all the credit in the world, the guy doing that interview, because he kept going. He just kept going. It's not like I'm going to stop it. Oh my god, one of the best defensive end that ever lived in the NFL just fucking passed out during my interview. He just kept going. <laughs> like, literally, he literally had a medical emergency. Yeah. And then, then like later on, at like cut to the, the reporter because they were reporting on the incident, and she's like, "Yeah, he was suffering from dehydration. That wasn't dehydration. No, that was too many. That was too many ultra champagnes before the, earlier that morning." Yeah, that's what that's what eight shots of Don Julio do to you. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. my god, I love it, Patty. But yeah, you know, like I said, you know, uh, Josh, you know, Alan, he's definitely changed the culture here. And I, like I mentioned in that article, he makes you want to walk down a dark alley and go into battle with him. And he does, man. This is just his demeanor, his love for the city, his love for his team is like he treats – you feel like you could easily have a beer with Josh Allen and like you talk to him the way me and you talk. Like, that's, that's just the, the vibe he gives me. And it's so cool to have that. And, you know, coming off this season or so far, a 12-win season, first time since 1993, you know, we, we're coming in January 13th. The Sabres' first game is on January 14th you kind of hope and pray that you can get this same type of, you know, output or something close to it from the Sabres because, you know, Jack Eichel for all, for people like to, you know, get on him sometimes he is just as good. Not, not, not as never, good, never, not never, under, never understood why people get on Eichel. Yeah. Like, dude, like, 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 like 
uh, my buddy cons with with uh, with train rock he he says that uh during nurses week or he sent like a shitload of roses to all the nurses at roswell park he does a lot in the community and but obviously it it, it does help when you're when your team is winning you're always going to be painted in a better light when your team is winning. That's kind of that's that's kind of going back to my first point when I said, yeah, it's a lot easy to change the culture yeah. when you win. Yeah, absolutely. You know, going back to my phone call when we brought this the show to be was, you know, yeah, yeah, that phone call doesn't happen if they're winning, but when every when everything is going wrong on the ice, the product around the ice sticks out more like a sore thumb. You know, it, it, it's true. Going back, dude, that was a that was a your call. That was a rough week for the Sabres franchise that was it was was a fun it it was fun I want to say fun for me like if I could take it all back man and have this team be good I wouldn't heartbeat but like at the same time it's you know you know it had to be said whether it be by me or somebody else or by Gilly Suarez himself somebody had to say it what Um, would you what would you rather have a Super Bowl or a Stanley Cup Stanley Cup Really? Yeah, dude. I love, dude. I love, I love hockey. I no, love football, I, but I love you know, hockey. You know, you know me. I'm more of a hockey guy too. But I think a Super Bowl might be. Uh, I don't know. That's a like that's a tough one for me. Right now, if you're asking me this for this upcoming season, if I can get a Stanley Cup out of this roster, granted it'd be like the COVID Cup, or if I could get a Super Bowl out of this team, I'm taking the Stanley Cup because with the current roster of the Super Bowl, they're going to have more cracks at it. Yeah, no, I don't. Yeah, so, yeah, no, because that makes sense. Because you got Hall, you got Stall, Halsey, Stallsy. You got these guys on one-year deals. I think which, I, I'm, I'm not. I'm not ruling out that Hall wouldn't wouldn't come back. But if he does come back, you're pretty much kissing Sam Reinhardt goodbye because you can't afford both. I'm okay with that. I think Hall's a better player, and I think really what's indicative of that Hall signing. I tweeted it out as soon as they signed him. I said this is. This is the Sabres organization realizing that Jack Eichel's patience is running thin. Oh, absolutely. Five, five freaking years, like five years, like he's going to be what? 23, 24. Yeah. When 10 years ago, your prime in the league was 23, 24. Not that he's out of his prime by any means, but as, as the years have rolled on in today's game, Guys step right in and do great things at 20, 21, 22, 23. Five, five freaking years. Apologize, my French. Five freaking years. He doesn't have he doesn't have shit to show for it. Nothing. Yeah, it's, and he's a competitor too, dude. Like he's done nothing he but is. win until yes. the Buffalo. He was in the national championship game with Boston before he, the year he was drafted. Like, like, how do you, how do you blame him for being frustrated? I mean, biz set it up spit and check with the best. If, 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 Buff, if Buffalo isn't showing, showing progress halfway into this next season, I'm asking to get the hell out and I don't blame him. Like I don't, I don't either. I tweet, I tweeted today jokingly cause they, they, the Sabres released a video and I tweet, I tweeted out today. I jokingly, I said, can't wait to see him hoist the Stanley cup in two years for the Bruins as their captain. Yo, I mean, I don't, I think, I think the stall in the hall signings, there has to be a little bit of panic in the Sabres organization. Cause you have a world-class talent that doesn't come around very often. I'll, I'll take this to the grave. I think Eichel's actually a better player than Austin Matthews straight up. I will. Oh, I don't disagree with all. I he's a better, he's, he's a better 200 foot player. Matthews has a nice shot. Matthews is a little more one-dimensional. I would take Eichel 
over Matthews all day, all day. Seven days out of the week. Seven days. I don't think that's a hot take at all. Granted, like offensively, the production's been there more for Matthews. But look at the team he's had. Is it it really though? He's he's kind of he's yeah. No, okay, thirty-eight goals in Tennessee. I don't know. For me, for me, when I want to build a franchise, I want to. I want a cornerstone. I want a centerman who makes the players around him better. And I think Eichel makes his players around him better than Matthews does. Matthews is more of a finisher. Eichel is a little bit more of a distributor hands. Eichel, Eichel will dip. I mean, watch it. he makes those little passes where it's just like a little chip, a little dish and he might not get the assist, but it's that little play at the blue line where he just kind of like nicks it to somebody. Right. Reinhardt's also very good at that. You get the puck to the wing on Reinhardt, and he just kind of does whatever he has to do to chip it up to Eichel in stride. Reinhardt, obviously, is very good with the puck. Yeah. Perfect example, just piggybacking off what you just said, Jeff Skinner. He got Jeff Skinner paid. No question about it. Like, without Jeff Jeff Skinner's a $9 million man right now because of Jack Eichel, and he knows it too. Like he, like I hope he bought Jack Eichel something really nice after he got that after after he signed that contract because Jack is the biggest reason he got that contract to begin with. Not taking anything away from Jeff Skinner, Jeff Skinner's proven to be a goal scorer in this league time and time again, but he does not score forty without Jack Eichel. That is a well Skinner. Well Skinner for me is like a poor man's Austin Matthews. He's a finisher. Yeah. He's decent. I mean, he's not a bad skater. He's not a bad skater. He's not a bad, you know, he does everything pretty well, but his main, his main, why you sign him to that contract is because he puts the puck in the net. hundred percent. And that's another thing too, when it comes to Sam, um, if you're going to play on Jack's right side for me, and I've said this before, I need better than 55, 60, even 65 points out of you. If I'm going to pay you what you want, the kind of money he's going to demand. Like I need more than that, man. I do not need, I, I, I need what Hall is going to give me on both sides. I mean, granted you, you can't expect 90 points on both your wings, No, but, I'm... but, but with Sam Reinhardt, if he, if you're going to want $8 million a year, I need to, I need like 80, 80 points out of you. I can't be, I can't be selling for 60 for 8 million, eight, eight, eight or 9 million a year. No way. Reinhardt, Reinhardt does a lot of small things that doesn't get enough credit, but I agree. I, I agree because me in my beer league shape, if you gave me one full year to play on Eichel's wing in my current shape, current hockey skill set, if you gave me 82 games, I would no joke put up 30 points with Eichel. Just going to the net, just out of chance. You know what I'm saying? Just yeah. be so good with the puck. Just go to the net. If I could be, I could be out there whacking, you know what I mean? Yeah. How many ultras though? How many ultras per game? If you, all right. So pregame. <laughs> so if you, if you gave me a roll of clear tape, a roll of white tape, and a six pack of Mick Ultra pregame, I could go out there on a nightly basis and no joke score ten goals in anywhere from ten to twenty assists. If you gave me the full year on Eichel's line, just from being around the net, because he, like. That's what he does. Like when you know, especially Eichel with his tall body and like his upper body strength doesn't get enough credit. One of the nicest things Eichel does. Oh, you don't get the puck does, away from him. Well, yeah, he's you know he's kind of like yeah, you know remember Yager back in the day who would just yeah. like fend guys off. Eichel yep. does, like, does the same thing. He does like the back arm stiff arm and he drives to the net. You're telling me I can't come off the bench after having a few alters and just go whack around the net and score a few. 
Just get to the or net. Have him, go off, have him go off your knee. Like, it happens That happens with Sam, too. That's what like, I'm saying. He gets a lot of his goals from around the net. Exactly. He'll dish it back to Ristolainen. I'll never have to worry about getting hit from Ristolainen's shot because he's going to shoot it three feet wide. I don't even need to wear <laughs> shoulder pads. But I'll just, you know what I mean? No, no shoulder visor. pads, no visor. Dude, no visor, no nothing. Carey Price could be in there. I'm just whacking away. Dude, I could put up 10 straight up. I'm, I'm telling you. I think I a lot. The, of, I love the confidence, Patty. I love. I it. think a lot of people could just because Eichel's that good. Where if you just get around the, the net and you start to sniff the net a little bit, that puck will be there at some point or the other. Absolutely, I agree. Absolutely. So, I, I, I don't. Think, I'm not disagreeing with you, Pat. Like I definitely think you could pot a few goals here or there with the Jack Eichel. Do I? I don't. Beer, do I think your beer league shape is going to hold up for 82 games? That's debatable, but we'll see. You know. Well, I mean, that's like I said. We're you know. It's questionable at best, but, you know, I am an elite athlete. But realistically. <laughs> that backhand toe, can't be stopped. Well, you can't teach this finesse. Uh-huh. But okay. I would I would definitely like to see more out of Reinhardt this year. I think Reinhardt sneakily, like, I know he's kind of known for his playmaking, his little, you know, you know, you know who he reminds me of a little bit? Vanek, around the front of the net. Remember Vanek in front of the net? That was bigger, the but I see where you're going with us. So they're different players, but once they get in front of the net, Reinhardt, very good at redirecting the puck. Remember Vanek when he would just like lean on his stick and they would send like a slap pass on the ice and Vanek would just turn his stick a little bit and just like deflect it on the net. Reinhardt, very good around the net. I think Reinhardt quietly kind of has an underrated shot too. If you watch him rip one top, you know, over the shoulder on occasion, he's got a little bit of, you know, a decent shot. He does. No, he definitely does. Um, I don't know. I, I'm not a fan. Do, do you load up your entire first line? I don't know. It's it, I, my biggest, my biggest, where do you, where do you play Ryan Hart? That's my biggest thing. Can he, can he drive a line? Like everyone says, I, you know, I, analytics, you know, say say can, can, analytics say he can. And if you, if, if you can put up granite, you're playing with Jack, like if you can put up 55 to 60 points in the first line, you should be, play, be playing just as well on a second line, say with Eric Stahl for a season. And Eric Stahl still has it, dude. He had, he had he's, a good play, he's a good player. Yeah, he, still has like it. Yeah, he still has it. I think he had close to 50 points last season I because it was a shortened season. He was like 47 and 63 or something like that. Like he had a good – he was on pace, dude, for honestly like a 60-point season. At his age, that, that's great. That's that's phenomenal. You know, that's better than what you would expect out of a guy his age. Um, put that being said – if push comes to shove next year, if you if you can if you can get you know fifty to sixty points on that first line, you should be able to absolutely do the same exact same thing on a second line with an Eric Stahl who's performing like we said like like I said was performing at a sixty point pace last season before the the, the uh, season got cut short, and then on top of everything else, on top of everything else, if push comes to shove and you have to decide between Taylor Hall and Sam Reinhart next year, and Taylor Hall genuinely wants to stick keeps. He has a great year with playing with Eichel. He wants to continue that. He feels comfortable here playing with Kruger. Who are you paying next season? Are you paying Taylor Hall or are you paying Sam Reinhart? I think it's a no-brainer. I think you got to take Hall. I think he's a better 100%. hockey player. 100%. I don't even, I, honestly, I like, like, I like Reinhart, but – I don't even think it's close. Their skill set, man. I you gotta, dude. You gotta pay Hall. You MVP, have to. MVP with the Devils. Will he do? Will he sign though? I mean, is this gonna be a flash in the pan? My buddy, they did a Christmas uh, Secret Santa swap, and there, there was a Hall jersey. And I joked with my buddy, yeah, it'll be cool for a few months till they dish him at the deadline. I mean, they got to be good to keep him. Yep, yep. 
if they're, if they're uh, that, and that's the thing. That's why it was such a great, great move by Kevin Adams, because at the same time, you're, you know, you're in a situation, it's a, it's, it's a, you know, a win-win. If, if you don't compete well enough to make the playoffs, you get a King's ransom at the deadline or you make the playoffs. Like you, you don't lose in this situation. They'll never, they'll never obviously come out and say it publicly, but I think that Taylor Hall signing, I think, I think there's some nervous people in the Sabres organization where they realize that the time to win is now in Jack Eichel. I think, I think they realize his patience is running thin and I can't blame him. How can you blame him, man? He's like you said, he's going into his sixth season, third as captain. He's a world, he's a world. I mean, he's like, I would put him like as a top five fucking player in the, like in the world right now. I'm not, I'm not fighting you on that, man. Like Crosby, Ovechkin, McDavid, Eichel, McKinnon. I don't find I mean, top five. I think forward wise, those are your top five and centers. McK- yeah, yeah. No, in no particular order, McKinnon, Crosby, Ovechkin, Eichel, Matthews, McDavid, they're up. I mean, I don't know. Fuck. Yeah. And you know, like you said earlier too, a lot of these guys, you know, when you, when you're, when you're that talented and you're that gener, you're a generational talent, you step right into the league and you perform immediately like Matthews did, like Eichel has, like McDavid did. You're, you're watching the world juniors, man. You're seeing some of these guys performing at such a level. Look at Dylan cousins. The guy had sent me granted. It was against a German team who was missing their starting goalie and like four of their skaters because of COVID. But you, 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 you would, you would know they were missing their starting goalie. No, oh, <laughs> Let's talk about that for a second because his name, his last name was Gar. I've obviously I've never heard of him before. It was like legitimately, it got so bad. I think the, the final score of the game was 16 2. It yeah, was 16. so bad. Sixteen. It was so bad that every time Canada was coming in to take a shot, you were immediate goal. It was like before before they even the puck even got got to the net, it's going in. Is that's how bad this. That's how bad it was for this guy, and I felt for him too. It's like, what are you gonna do? I mean, some of those, some of those goals were absolute muffins. Like where he wasn't square to the puck, he was square to the player, and the puck, the puck was just going easily into the net. There was a couple knuckle pucks that went by him. Like he, he did, played bad, but I felt they, for him, man, because there was nothing he could do. Did they yank him at all? I, they started with another goalie in the beginning of the game, and they yanked him and played in the second. But it didn't matter, man. It really didn't. Um, there was the that was the German team. Yeah. Oh, it was bad. Was man. was Jokin Hash coaching that team? He might have been Jokin. <laughs> I would take Jokin on this team in his prime. I can't play with someone that wears T blades. Get the fuck out. <laughs> T blades. Bobby Felber. So. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. Oh, that takes me. Oh, back. Out of here. Get your get your graph get your graph T blades. Get the hell out of here. <laughs> I. You know what I would love? My favorite Jokin oh, play. Jokin Hash. Getting forced to the wing on the wall, just rip a backhand on that. <laughs> that was the best thing about Jokic Hashman is like me, like me and you know me and Billy, we would we would just rip on him during games so much because it's like he would miss on so many easy chances sometimes, man. And he was always a fringe fifteen to twenty goal scorer. I think he scored twenty once in his career. I'm pretty sure. It was Did he ever get there? I thought he only got to nine. I don't think he ever got. He, me. I could be wrong. I don't know. I could. Yeah, I could be wrong too. But regardless, he would score the most random goals like on his backhand from behind the goal line all the time all the time blind backhand yo just blind backhands at the net oh it was it was great man it was abs yoke hash i'll tell you right now if he if he this guy ever potted uh 20 goals i think he got to 19 like twice i don't think he ever hit 20 
He got 19 once in 2001 with the Blues. 19. I think he had 19 once with the Sabres, too. No, he got he got to 20 twice with the Buffalo. Did he? Wow. Yeah, in, in 2008, dog shit season. Oh, um, and then again in 2010, dog shit season, he got 21. Point high, highest highest point total with Buffalo was 56 in 06 07. Like he, was play, he was playing with he was playing with Breer and uh, JP Dumont that year. He was he wasn't like a bad player. He was just like oh, a he was he, he was, was, was like a fire he was like a firecracker. You know, he'd have the puck and just be all over. You know, wasn't a he was an okay skater. Really didn't have much of a shot because remember the stick he used. The stick he used was like this tall. It was like you know what I mean he used a really short stick. Had the T blades, which you know I'm indifferent on, but <laughs> <laughs> T blades. Oh yeah, dude, those are days. But like, talking about the junior tournament, man. Like I know, I know we're probably going to talk about this later on. You know, uh, in next episode when I when, when I have Kali on because I know he's he's fired to talk about it. But you know, th- these were you, you were watching the Team USA uh, check game today. Team USA rolled them seven nothing. Unfortunately, I was at work, but um, you kind of gave me the rundown, man. This they just easily beat them this coming off uh, a, a huge upset by the check over the Russian team to nothing where their goalie played phenomenal. I watched, I watched like the first period start to finish. I don't think there was any score after the first, it was kind of like a game where the U S never looked like they were getting outplayed. You could tell they just quite weren't, you know, they weren't quite breaking through. Then the second period they popped a couple and then I got up for literally five minutes. At least it felt like five minutes. And then it was like seven, nothing. But I, they looked, I, it, dude. It's this year's tough. Like I, I watched the you know the World Juniors like so much. I think Canada's actually playing now. I think Cousins is playing. Yeah, he's leading. Um, he's leading the tournament right now with seven points. I mean, six of those came. Might, six of might. those came against uh, the Ger- team, uh, the German team. Uh, Trevor Zegras in second with Team USA with five, I think five or six, and then. It's just, you know, five, four, you know, whatever. I mean, we're still early in. We're in the qualifying rounds. But, um, you know, it, it's been a lot of fun to watch, even without the fans, man. I've enjoyed it. Um, you know, seeing Team USA roll, absolutely roll. Um, who was it? Was it Austria, maybe? Could I? Just, not, yeah, it was. Who does who does Marco Rossi play for? Um, I want to say it's Austria. Yeah, it's Austria. Okay. Um but uh, yeah, you know, they ruled them. I think it was like 11, nothing, you know, that was a great game to watch. It, it sucks too, for some of those teams too, like team like Germany and Ross and Austria, because they do have like t- first, first, uh, first round picks like Marco Rossi, like Stutzla with team Germany. And they're just getting, the teams are getting rolled. And it's just well, like, they, those, those teams have a few good skaters. They have no depth, no depth at all. You have no. Like team, you have the U S and Canada that, their entire team is better than the entire, you know, Austrian German team. They just, those teams, yeah. you know, they get the few, you know, they get the few, uh, the few standouts, but they have no depth. Remember like the world cup of hockey, like Slovenia had Kopitar, yeah. Austria, Austria had Vanek, but they got no one else. And nobody else be around them. Yeah. For Vanek, yeah, or Vanek. team Europe, Vanek and Kopitar, you know, there's just no one behind them. Yeah, and that dude, that, that team Austria goalie. Um, I'm looking up his how to pronounce his name right now. I for life of me, I can't remember. Um, their goalie has been uh, absolutely insane for them. I, I can't remember um, his his totals. You know the sa- the amount of saves he had. Uh, 
last night, but I remember I, I missed the third period, but going into the third period, 45 saves and the score was only three, nothing, man. It was wild. Absolutely wild. Like he's performing out of his mind right now. And I, I, you have to imagine he's absolutely turning some heads as far as, you know, maybe I'm not sure if he's been drafted yet. And I'm trying to look it up right now. I, I, is he uh is he a, is what's like what's is he bigger or i know a lot oh, of he's guys a big kid he's a big kid uh, yeah definitely a big kid let me see team austria austria yep so he was getting, he was getting peppered with shots oh yeah I'm pretty I'm pretty sure the team uh, oh he's he's eligible to be drafted this year okay uh, sebastian what wanna shit <laughs> good luck good luck but uh, the the the, uh, the 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 game the two games he had he got uh, hurt in the at the end of that team uh, that game against uh, it might have been the team USA I think it was team USA or team Canada I can't remember dude but he had like 50, 50 something saves already then he uh, he got he got taken off the ice because he like he yanked something but then he was in net like the next game and he was yeah like I said forty five saves going into the uh, the, th- the third period it was wild man but. It's fun to watch, like you said too. Like these these teams, they always seem to have the have good goalies. Yeah, you get a lot of yeah. Well, I feel like some of these guys too. Like who, there, you had the guy from Latvia a couple of years ago played like out of his head. Yep, I forget what team he went. He was drafted yeah. by or if he signed with. For the life of me, I can't remember. I even remember his name again. They're, they're yeah, the dude from Latvia, like last year, like or two two or three years ago. I mean, he was like a story because he played like really good. Was that the team that Ted Nolan coached? Yes. Yes. That? yes. They were they yes. were beating Canada. They were beating yeah. Canada. Because their goalie, their goalie was like yeah, playing. He, like, he was yeah. Out of his mind. Absolutely yeah. yep. out of his mind. Yep. Yeah. I'm trying to figure. Yeah. Team USA beat Austria. It was eleven nothing. And then the very next game, oh God, where is it? They 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 were playing Sweden yesterday, and I cannot remember the guy's name for the life of me. It was. This goalie has been playing out of his mind, dude. Absolutely out of his mind. Um, I wonder if these goalies from like these teams that are kind of like dog shit. I wonder if they like look forward to coming to this tournament because they're like, oh, I know I'm gonna get pepper with shots, but this is a good like time to showcase my talent because I know I'm gonna get 55 shots against me. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, absolutely, man. Like if you're confident in your ability and you you know you're good enough to be there, absolutely, man. Like you know, put out, go out there and put you you know, put your bus foot forward. Yeah. They yeah. lost, they lost four to nothing uh, to Sweden. It was three, nothing going into the third period. And he already had like 45 saves and granted again, they lost 11, nothing to, um, to team USA, but he had like well over 50 saves when he went down, he might even hit over 60 to be hundred percent. Honestly, I think he did. He, he must've had at least 120 saves in two games, which is mind blowing. Yeah. Mind blowing. I just it sounds like you on our bar league team when I uh accidentally forget to play defense even though I'm playing defense. <laughs> yeah, plays in our plays in our end and Patty yeah, Gilly's down at the opposite blue line just slowly. This me saying me telling you guys this after him just going on a rant about yeah, put me on on, on Eichel's wing for 82 games, I can do it. Meanwhile, he's dogging it back to back into our own end. We, we keep a short bench on defense for bar leagues. So I say, yeah, I'll play defense, but you know, I'm slapping my stick at the red line, leading the breakout, you know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'll never, I'll never forget that game. I think it was against the Winnipeg vets. Uh, you showed up, you showed up. I don't know how many ultras deep 
stepped on the ice, did a lap, did a lap, tripped over the blue light. I was like, I'm out of here. He went back to the locker room. I was a, liabil- I was a liability of myself and everybody on the ice. You knew, you knew that, that that was that. That's the reason we put the A on your jersey because we. Well, knew I golfed that. That was the day I golfed in a tournament. I golfed like 36 holes of golf that day, and then thought it was a good idea to come and you know. Toss oh, the- yeah. <laughs> That was that was that was absolutely fantastic. You, you I got off the bench and my equilibrium just left me, and I went right back off the bench. I'm like, I'm going to the room, boys. Good luck. I'm out. Good luck, guys. <laughs> uh, best of luck. Um, yeah. yeah, that was that was that was fantastic. Um, and then you and then you just uh, you were still in the locker room. You're still in the locker room. Yeah, you know, you know, I was going to wait. I want to, you know, I want to see how we did. You know, I'm a team yeah. player. We we yeah. won that game three two, man. I, I I had a pretty stellar game. Not to pat myself on the back. Um, I guess I should do it when Kali isn't here to give me shit. It's probably, probably because I wasn't a liability on defense. <laughs> you know, that, that, yeah, very 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 good possibility. That might be the reason why we won that game because uh, we 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 had we had an even amount of we had we had five guys back in our own end when when they had the puck in our end not four with you dogging it back it's my first my first time ever being a healthy scratch <laughs> healthy healthy scratch players decision yeah yeah <laughs> it was it was it was definitely the players decision that was oh, that was for the betterment of the team self self healthy scratch self healthy scratch had to do it Hate to see it. Hate to see it. Love to see it. You know, it's just awareness. That's just awareness. You know, you put the team of, you know, you put the team in front of pad and stats. You know, I was looking to bury a couple, but you know, I'm like, you know, I got out there. I'm like, you know what, for the betterment of the team, how am I going to benefit the team tonight? It's like, it's if I go back to the locker room, I'm out guys. We'll see you. <laughs> team Canada's beating the Swiss right now. One, nothing. Uh, Jack Quinn's got an assist on the, on the, on the lone goal. He's kind of, he's kind of, is he a little scrawny? Is he kind of small? He's definitely got to put size on, man. Like yeah. he's not ready for the NHL. Yeah. Um, yeah. We interviewed we interviewed his head coach, who's actually the head coach of Team Canada in this tournament, Andre Torini. Uh, everyone calls him Bear. We had him on the show, and he, you know, he we, it was mostly to talk about Marco Rossi pre pre draft because we felt that that he was gonna, and he did. We didn't take him, but he fe- he fell to us at eight. I kind of wanted I kind of wanted them to go after. Yeah. Yeah, he was the best. He was the best two way center in the draft without a without question. I'm not upset about the pick with Jack Quinn, but he's just not NHL ready yet. And uh, I, 100%, they got to keep Quinn uh, with Torini for one more year with the Ottawa 67s. Or for some reason, uh, the OHL doesn't play this season. I know you're allowed to bring a taxi cab squad with each NHL team. Uh, he should be on the tag. He should be strictly practicing with Buffalo. You do not. You do not play him in a single game. You let him practice. Yeah. Did you see the? This is going to sound terrible. Did you see the meme? Um, with Patrick Kane when he, when Patrick Kane, when he hears he has a taxi squad. <laughs> oh, that was great. That was great. Oh, yep. 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 With the hands. I saw that, one. that was fantastic. Oh boy. Oh, how about let, let's uh, off topic. How about that video of that guy getting smacked with that can of beer? Yo, it was a great dude. That it was, was awesome. It was well-deserved too. Sometimes you got to smack someone. Dude, you know? and, I'm never I, I was, I was thinking of you because someone did a remix of it with a with a Dave, the Matthews. Dave Matthews band song. Dude, that was amazing. Yeah, oh, yes, amazing, bro. It was amazing. Ants oh, marching. I showed my. I, it was. I loved it. Ants marching. Yeah, ants marching. Yep, yep. You're right. Uh, that was fantastic, man. Like you said, he absolutely deserved every bit of that. Um, no, I never. I never. You know. I never uh, encourage violence, but sometimes you gotta. You gotta, gotta smack somebody. Oh my God. Yeah. Oh, so hold on. So I'm looking up this Why? 
see, this is what I hate about these websites for uh, the, the World Juniors, uh, the, the World Junior Championships, is that they you, you try and look up the, the statistics of the tournament. And they like, never, it's never easy. It's, never, I've tried it's, before. Never it's never easy, easy to navigate, man. And nope. they're giving me, they're giving me, all right. So he has 133 shots against in two games. That's like 65. What is that? 65 plus a game, 67. Yeah. If, if this is all true games played, it's not showing me save percentage or goals against, but it show it's showing me shots on goal and it says 133. So if that is correct, now, I don't know if you're how good you are with numbers, Patty, but I think one game he let 11 in, the other game he let four, uh, four in. So, yeah, 15 goals, two games, 15 goals. What is that? Like a 7.5 goals against, but what's the save percentage on that? Let's be real. So, he saved 100 and fit. So, 130. 133 minus, minus 15. That's 100. He saved like 118 out of 133, right? 118, yep. you're right, God, don't call me. I, I'm not going to It's got to be, I mean, it's, I, you know, you know what it is too, with the, like the, even if it's like not a great like save percentage, like I feel like sometimes like the defense in the world juniors is like very suspect. And like, even especially like today. Talent level, especially when the talent level, the, the yeah. both teams is that bad. Like even, Team Sweden, even, they they win this tournament every now and again. And team Austria doesn't. Like this kid, today, again. Like, I'm Even not gonna today, when USA was playing the Czech, like there was a play where like the Czech defense just completely broke down and they threw a one-timer over a guy who completely fanned on it, but like it still went in and there was no one around him for like 10 feet. Yeah. And watching this kid for both games too, here's the thing. It's not like he's just, you know, the pucks are just hitting him and then they did all the, like they're all legitimate, really good scoring chances. And his rebound control is there. He's playing the rebounds into the corner. Yeah. I mean, when you face that many shots, you're going to, you're going to give up a couple, yeah. you know, you're going to give a couple, give up a couple of muffins, the front front of the net and you have to make a second or third save. But regardless. Is he athletic? Is he athletic? Is he he's six foot tall, man? He's not a big, he's not, I mean, he's not much bigger than me. But he's just playing out of his mind. His name is Sebastian Rainschitz. I, I don't. I'm not. I'm butchering the name. I know it. Say, you know, say, say that one more time. <laughs> Sebastian Rainschitz. <laughs> it's spelled. It, okay. It's spelled W R A N E S C H I T Z. So say it one, look, one more time. One more time. Rainschitz. No, no. Spell it oh, slower. Spell it. Sebastian, uh, and then last name is W R A N E S C H I T Z. Rain sits, rain sits. Yeah, that eh, sounds about right. I mean, well, you know, with how with how their language is, there's probably there. You know, it's probably sounds completely different than what than what like we're used to. Well, that's like a lot of like uh like Lat like that's like the Lafia team. Like they're. All their names end in an S. Remember, like back in the day, Carlos Scratchtons, Zemgus yeah. Gergensons. Zem- That's when they were they were joking the the Latvian team. They were saying Ted's Nolans when he Ted's was coaching. They were, yeah, they were joking with them like, "Oh, it's Ted's Nolans," because they all end in S. Yo, El- Elvis, the goalie was it Columbus? Elvis Merlinkish or whatever his name is. Elvis Merlinkus. Yeah, he's. He, I think he's Latvian too because they all end. So- in S. His okay, so I got I got finally found the goaltending stats here. He's let in 14 goals, so maybe there was an empty netter in there somewhere. I don't know. Um, he's let in 14 goals on 133 shots. He has 119 saves, save percentage just under 0.90. 
and uh, goals against is 7.69. But I mean, obviously the numbers don't speak to the player because like he's playing out of his mind right now. Like his def- his defense is probably dog shit. Yeah, dog shit. He's got he's definitely got that heart foundation dog that heart foundation defense for sure. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, again, the the the, the uh, discrepancy in talent in front of him compared to what's, you know, you know, the shot, you know, the team he's playing is just that much different, man. Like, how can you, how, like, I think it's remarkable what he's doing. Like, you know, you know, and you know, too, you know, too, like when you watch a guy play and like how he moves, like our buddy. So me, Kendall, we played roller hockey with, uh, he Kendall played more than I did, but that Tommy McCollum from Sanborn, who was yep. drafted by the Red yep, Wings. The Red Wings. Yep. Last, like, so last, like just, he was the last pick of the first round that year. Yeah. So they took, yeah. So like playing like hockey with him and like, just like watching him move, like being out there with him, you can like, just tell like when a guy, even if like they're getting lit up, you know, cause we didn't play great defense for him either, but you can just tell like how a guy moves. Like even like, you know, this guy from, was it Austria? Austria. Yep. Austria, yep. So you, you know, you watch a guy and like, I feel like the world junior tournament is tough because like I said, I don't think their defense, you know, the Austrian team, their talent level will drop off a lot quicker than like a, you know, a Canadian team that's a lot deeper. Mm-hmm. So you can just like tell, even if a guy gets lit up for five or six, but if you watch him move and like how he kind of works, if you put a relatively respectable defense in front of him, you know, you might have something there. I feel like the world juniors, I feel like the AHL, I feel like the goalie statistics are always like, not as great as they could be. You know what I'm kind of trying to say? Like, oh, I know exactly what you're saying. Yeah. Like, like AHL, like, like an 890, 900 save percentage in the AHL is actually pretty good because you get a lot of dog shit. You get, you know, you get Mike Weber guys in the A, you know, you get guys that can't move who allow 30 shots a game. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. That's why uh-huh. I feel like, like, once in a while, you see a guy from the AHL get called up his, you know, goals against average is like two, eight in his save percentage is like eight ninety. but then he comes up and he plays a few games and he plays a lot better than that. Because I feel like the, you know, I feel like everything kind of falls into place and the defense around him gets better too. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah. And Spencer, you know, the, the, the USA goaltending hasn't been half bad either. I know Spencer Knight had a rough game uh, against Russia. Uh, Dustin Wolf comes in the second game. Um, I guess I think it was the game against Austria. Uh, didn't have a lot of action. They won 11, nothing. And then Spencer Knight comes back again. And I, I, I'm, I'm assuming it must've been Spencer Knight against, uh, against, um, he was in, he was in today. Yeah. The Czech Republic, you know, Florida, goalie, Florida Panther prospect. Um, you know, Hey, I got a, got a shout out today. kind of redeemed himself for that game against Russia, but you know, he's one of the top goalies in this tournament right next to Askarov, uh, Yaroslav Askarov from, uh, Russia. Uh, so this goaltending has been pretty impressive, I'd say, say the least. Um, again, the guy that sticks out to me is the guy with the 7.6 goals against average, uh, Sebastian Wernschitz, or however, however you want to say it. I, again, I'm, I'm butchering it. I know it. But uh, I've, I've definitely enjoyed watching the the, the World Junior uh, Tournament for sure, man. It's the biggest hockey tournament in the world, hands down. Most I would love better when there's fans there, but – I've had, I've definitely had a good time. I've, I've, I've enjoyed watching Dylan cousins dominate. Cause that's what he's, that's all he's done is dominate. Um, Imagine when he like grows into his body, you know, he, oh, yeah. he, he kind of gets left. Like, like he's, you know, he's kind of that big lanky. I kind of, yeah. Imagine once he grows into his body, I think, uh, Tra- I think, I think they got a good player there. I know a lot of people were like, Oh, 
why didn't they draft Caulfield? And like me being five, seven, five, eight, I have a, a soft spot for short players, but if you're giving me Caulfield, who's this little dude, but you give me cousins, who's a six, two center, I'm taking the big dude all day. Straight all up. day, all day. All day. Oh, you. why didn't you draft Caulfield? I don't want, I don't want a little, no, it's not the, it's not the guy I want at center. I just, me being a shorter person, like I, you know, God love them. But if I'm building a team, give me the, give me the bigger dude. Hundred percent. You know, I think size has become less important in the league, but I still think it means something, especially if you're playing center. You know, in today's league, you're, you know, you're, you're driving the line, you're taking the fit. You gotta be, you gotta be, you know, you gotta bear down. You gotta be tough. Like there's times where you gotta, you need a big body. I just don't want. I can't see. Maybe I maybe I'm wrong someday for us short people out there. I just don't see a five foot six, a five foot seven, a hundred and sixty pound child being my second line center. You know what I'm saying? I just I don't I agree. Know. You know, uh, like I like like you know, uh, Trevor Zegras actually with today's uh, today's game against the Czech, um, he he took over the lead in the tournament points with ten. Five goals, five assists. He's one more game played than Cousins, who has seven points right now. Um, I think you said Canada plays tonight, or is it tomorrow? I think they're playing right now. Oh, yeah, sorry, we just said they're playing now. It's up. Yeah, one nothing. nothing against the Swiss. I uh, literally just got done saying that. Uh, Zegers, like another guy, has been extremely impressive for Team USA. Uh, you know, Anaheim Ducks prospect, you know, uh, first-round pick. Guy I was absolutely unbelievable to watch. I was watching today, and like I said, this is the first I watched, but that – that Zegra, that his name, like you, you heard it a lot. You know what I mean? Like that's something I noticed. He was always kind of around, you know, always around. You heard his name a lot. You know what I mean? It's he was always kind of involved, which, which is what you want, obviously. Absolutely. Um, you know, we like the, so the Sabers have a lot of stock in this uh, in this tournament, man. Uh, they have, um, you know. Jack Quinn, who again has been a little underwhelming for me, but again, he's, he's a young kid. Um, I think this is his first time playing on this tournament. So he's just going to keep getting better. You can't put too much pressure on him. And you know what, again, his head coach with Ottawa is the coach of team Canada. So he knows exactly how to utilize Jack. I'd imagine uh, Torini's hands down, in my opinion, the best, the best coach in all of junior hockey. So again, I would like to see him spend another year with uh, Torini. 100%. Again, guys, if uh, you haven't caught that episode yet, episode 34, we interviewed Torini right before the draft. He spoke more. We spoke a lot on Marco Rossi. We spoke on Jack Quinn, too. He had nothing but good things to say. And I expect fully that if the OHL does have a season this year, that he will spend another year under, underneath Torini, which I think is where he's going to improve a lot of those other things, like his defensive play. He's gonna, hopefully going to build his body up a little bit more uh, to his frame. You know, and not expect him to do what Rasmus Dahlin did this offseason and put 25 pounds of muscle on. He's still much younger, but I absolutely that's where I think he belongs. He still belongs in junior. Let him let him dominate again at that level the same way Dylan Cousins did this past year in the WHL. And just, you know, then bring him up the following year when he's ready. When he's when, when his body's ready for the NHL, when his mind is ready for the NHL, he's smart enough to be here because I think that's that especially is where I think the Sabres have made mistakes, not just with guys like Casey Middlestad, who clearly Tim Murray, Tim Murray, dude, when he, he cleared out the farm and that's why you had to rush Middlestad. I was just going to yep. say like middle, you know, that you don't want to do that. Like I know the league is moving like to be younger, but guys that are like, you know, you know, when you're that size, 
you can't you can't teach size like okay so cousins might get away with maybe playing this year because he's a little bigger can withstand you know the nhl but guys that are playing you know you can't plug a guy into an nhl lineup that would be an average size guy on our barley team you gotta let him see yeah. and that's just exactly. i mean I, i'm all i am all for it like throwing guys in there but you know if you're 510 145 pounds i mean for Christ's sake, I mean, let, you know, go to Chipotle, get double meat, you know, bulk up a little bit. You gotta, <laughs> get I, don't, I think I think size has definitely become not as big as the deal, but I think it gets to a certain point where you still, I mean, I mean, they're ch- like, they're children, like they're literally kids. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. imagine, imagine, you know, Sue Ban just, you know how Sue Ban pulls the crown while it hits people backwards. Yeah, like a child, an eighteen-year-old body is getting crushed. You know what I mean? Like, just you know, I yeah, think you, got, you don't want to rush. Like even Middlestat. I mean, look what you know. Look how Middlestat's come along. He's been up. He's been down. They put him in the age. Middlestat's been nothing but a disappointment, and in my opinion, the, the issue with Casey Middlestat is I think that he's not willing to put the work in off the ice to be a better on the ice. The guy is a twig. I don't know him personally. Obviously, I don't know his mentality, but I he just he seems I don't know. Soft. He's not he's not a dude I want on my team. He seems soft. He's he kind of he's for a lack of better term, he seems like a little bitch. Like he just he seems like a bit like he's like okay. So if me you know if the whistle blows and there's a there's a someone's running a muck in the corner, do you think I want? So I'm going in there to get after it, and I see Casey Middlestat coming, and I'm like, oh god, like you know what I mean. <laughs> You know, you definitely, you definitely gotta get something that's a grind, he, sandpaper. He, he looks like he's got, he's like a like a little chubby faced child, like decent hands. He's not a great skate. He's not a great skater. His feet move very fast. If you watch him skate, his feet move very fast. But he watch him try to pull away someone in the neutral zone. He gets caught from behind literally every single time he gets the puck. He's his feet go like this, but he doesn't go anywhere. Decent hands, okay shot. I just I think Cousins this year will probably make Middlestat expendable, and I would say within a year or two, I think Middlestat, I think he's out. I don't disagree with you, Patty. Um, again, if Middlestat doesn't do, hasn't done, not not do done because the the, the season's two weeks away. Um, if he hasn't done what, to some respect, what Rasmus Dahlin did in the off season. I don't know how you expect him to survive a full season in the NHL. Well, part, part of that too, part of that too is you can put on the muscle. You can put on all you want. You can put on thirty pounds of muscle. It's a lot of it is a mentality too. Yeah. Oh, I, I don't disagree with you at all. But you, 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 you like, you, like have you, to have, you have to have the size. And Casey's too small. He's too weak. Like if Middlestat was getting like mucked in in the crease, I would love if we watch this year and Middlestat's you know getting pushed around. If he just cross checked, like boom, right back at somebody. Give him yeah. a little fate. Like, your, little like, your, like your favorite boys, the instigators. Little sandpaper, a little grunt. A little <laughs> grit, a little jam. Get a little yeah, jam. A little jam, little grit. You know, I, mean, I, I love it. I love it when they start when, when, when we're vase because sometimes I get a message from you or also you go off on Twitter when they're talking about like jam and grit and stuff like that. And you'll just well, go Craig, on a rampage on Twitter. Well, Craig, Craig Reveille still thinks Josh Georges can play in the league. So I, yeah, I can't. <laughs> There's a name, Josh Georges. Yeah. Yeah, oh, he's a great defenseman. No, Craig, he can't pivot from forward to backwards. 
five years is yo when they first went on the air craig Ray, i know because they were buddies they played in montreal whatever that's cool you're gonna stick up for your buddy craig Ray. josh georges is a good defenseman he cannot pivot from forward to backwards I would pay Josh Georges $20 if me and him went to the blue line and then pivoted backwards and he didn't fall over. Dude, every every time he's in front of the net when a goal would score, it was like the Mike Weber effect. They were like this in front of the net, just whacking away. Oh, I... <laughs> not, not picking up sticks. Just... <laughs> they were pitchforking. They were just nothing, nothing. There was nothing. Josh Georges going to go – to... oh, my God. I remember people – I remember people just Kessel, Phil Kessel, burned around Josh Georges. Josh Georges fell over, going like this with a stick, whacking at Kessel's freaking fat legs. I mean, dude, it was ridiculous. God, <laughs> like pitchforking. He's pitchforking him. That's great. That's why I like oh seeing. That's why I like seeing people on Twitter. You saw the other the other day. We gotta go after a guy like Matt Martin. Big body, slow as shit. Yeah, that's what we need. That's exactly. What we, need. <laughs> we need. We need another. We need another guy. We need another guy as slow as Kyle Posto on this team. Uh, another guy too, man. Like I, I, again, like I get what he brings to a locker room. He's a good guy. He's he's a leader, but he's too slow. Posto is just too slow, and he's you know he's one concussion away from being a vegetable. <sighs> yeah, no, I, that's a tough like. No, I mean you're you're right. So my biggest thing is like even the guys. So the guys that are bigger, that still get away with playing in the game today, even though it's faster. So you don't have to necessarily be like a fast skater, but you have to play fast. You have to have foot speed. So guys like Shea Weber, guys like these bigger guys, like look at Braden Coburn for years. You know he played in the you know they're not necessarily the north and south like the fastest skaters. But their feet are always moving. They play. They have foot speed. Foot speed in you know speed north and south is different. Shea Weber. These guys are they're you know they get the puck. Their feet are moving. Their feet are moving. That's like the biggest thing you got to have. You know, hundred percent is a bigger, bigger guy in the league. You know, as as the league gets smaller and faster, that's why I think you get the few bigger guys that stick around. Because playing fast and having foot speed will keep you around a little bit. You know, you get guy. you know, back in the day, you know, not to pick on Josh Georges, but, I mean, the guy would fall over him. You know, he, you know, guys like that, that's why they get, you know, pushed out. You know, Sheldon Surrey back in the day, he got too slow. You yeah. know what I'm saying? You know. The game's so much built on speed. If you, if you, if you can't keep up, you're not going to make it. And that's, again, like you said, uh, Middlestaff's not the best skater. He definitely doesn't have the size. I mean, here's like my thing. I, I I haven't seen Casey Middlestat at all since the season ended. The only thing I have to go on was a picture he posted on an Instagram at the end of July. He was at a wedding. The kid was still a stick. Now, granted, this was the end of July. There's a lot of time to make up that size between July and now. But I mean, if, if by July you're not at least doesn't look like you've made any progress and putting some mass on, you're probably, my opinion is you're probably still not doing it now. And if you're still coming into camp less than 200 pounds, if you're Casey Middlestat, this is your last season in the NHL. If you ask me, you're 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 a career AHLer. That's kind of what I was getting at. And like I said, you can put on all the weight you want, all the mass you want. I I would I would love to go into a corner with Middlestat. I, I he yeah. just he doesn't have he doesn't quite you don't have to be like a like a cold blooded killer to play in the league. Yeah, you, 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 gotta, you gotta be you smart. Know, you know, you don't have you to have a, you gotta have a look. You can't, you can't just be like, again, excuse my French. You can't be a complete bitch. Like, 
Like, look, okay, you want you want to go back to those early Sabres teams? Derek Roy wasn't a huge guy. He was a smart hockey oh, but player. He, he, he yeah, but he would get, in there and get a little feisty. You remember Derek Roy? Yeah. He get in there and get feisty. Middlestat, dude. Dude, Middlestat like should be playing chess. Like I don't, I don't know. I, <laughs> I, I, I just show the Queen's I, Gambit on Netflix. Dude, my my gut, dude, my gut with Middlestat. I just don't, I don't think he's for as soft as he is. I just don't think he has. I don't think he's not talented. I just don't think he has enough talent to get over. I just, I personally, I think he's a wimp, dude. I think he's a wimp. You say he's a bitch. I think he's a bitch. I mean, really, like, <laughs> um, like uh, there's, there's grown men that play in this league. I'm mean, like, Subban, Shea Weber, you know, these big boys, like Tom Wilson and Casey Middlestad going into a corner. Are you kidding? Good night. Like, <laughs> Casey Middlestad's leaving on the stretcher. He's a child. He, dude, he's like a child. I don't know. I just. My gut, I don't, I don't have a good, you know, gut feeling about metal stat. Again, you can't really teach toughness. You can put on all the size you want, but. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. It's yep. a mentality. It's part of it's a mentality. And I, my, my, my thing of it is with this, this coming season, man, you, again, we have these contracts that Buffalo have signed. I've been very adamant about this. You have a bunch of guys signed to one-year deals. Reinhardt's one year. Stahl's one year. Taylor uh-huh. Hall's one year. You have these guys that are on one-year deals, regardless of maybe Hall comes back or not. If there's a time to push your chips in the middle of the table and try and make a run at it, it's this year, especially with how cheap some of these contracts are coming. I know Mike Hoffman just signed a, a part, to, like you know, a, a tryout contract with the Blues. Granted, that's continue that that's going to turn into a contract. They've already reported that once. Uh, I forget the type of. The, the type, the wording of it, but Tarasenko and another, another one of their contracts, they're hurt. You know, once they put them on these, uh, why weren't, why weren't the Sabres in on Hoffman? Yeah. You know, that's what I'm saying, man. Like, I know we don't have a ton of cap space, but again, like who, if you're going to, if you're going to find cap cap relief and trade some maybe players for picks, I mean, are, are there really guys on this roster? If you trade them away for late round picks that are going to make or break your team this year, if you don't have them, no, there's not. So you, put, you, you bring in a Mike Hoffman, who's going to score you 15, 20 goals in a 56 game season. You bring that guy in, you go all in right now. You go all in right now, and okay, maybe you don't have these guys next year. Maybe Taylor Hall does say see you later, but at least you made a run at it this year. You made your team a little bit more respectable, not just to your fans, not to, not to just the outside looking in players that might want to yeah. come play here or may consider come play here, but you're making it look like that's your captain who, you know, for you know, for lack of a better word, is fucking pissed. Um about the direction of the team and the direction of the organization and you make him want to stay stick around and not request a trade. That's my point is like when you have these contracts coming as cheap as they're they're, they're, like Andy Strickland from St. Louis, one of the reporters coming there says, you know, he might not sign for more than 4 million, 4 million. uh, If it's a one-year deal, $4 million for a 30, a perennial 30 goal score, sign me up all day. Even if if his wife is crazy. He's going to come here for one year. He's going to move here. She'll stay wherever well, she's at. Wasn't there some shit with him and Carlson? Yeah. Well, apparently, Hoffman's wife was creating dummy accounts on social media, going after Carlson, saying his wife was a pillhead, and that's why she lost her kid. Some real grimy shit. Like, and Carlson came out and called him out on it, and it was found out to be Hoffman's wife, and Hoffman got traded um twice i think that year he got traded twice twice in one in Didn't one you go to vegas and florida or my florida it, it was florida and i forget where else after that where was he, Didn't this he go to vegas no i could be it wasn't vegas it wasn't vegas 
Who am I thinking of? I'm, oh, I'm thinking of Marchesso from Florida. Yeah, Marchesso went to Florida. He went there in the expansion draft. Didn't he go to Ottawa? He got, no, he was, no, he with, was with Ottawa when all this happened. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, that's right. I remember hearing about that. Yeah, he you know he was drafted by Ottawa. I forget I forget what round, but he yeah he went from the Panthers. You know he stayed with the Panthers. Yeah, he, he, he I thought he got traded twice. I thought he uh, did too. Yeah, so did I. Uh, definitely thought he was traded twice uh, that same off season. Um, yeah, he was with Ottawa and then went to Florida and now has signed a contract, a, a trial contract. And then he was just then, he, then his wife was just on the on the Twitter game chirping at yeah oh yeah it was bad man it was real bad but yeah again he's had he's he's had thir- he's had he scored more than twenty five goals two three four six times scored thirty six goals once and then twenty nine goals twice like. I mean, come on! Like, how, why would you not want that on your roster when you're trying to? When make- I, I didn't, I didn't know like his contract situation. Like, I just in passing, I saw it on Twitter like yesterday, and they're like, "Oh, Mike Hoffman signs a PTO with St. Louis, or what was it St. Louis? Yep, St. Louis." I was like, "Why the fuck? Like, why they don't want to like get in on it? Like, what the hell?" Yeah, I know. He signed a PTO contract with St. Louis. He's probably going to get around $4 million. Like, you can't tell me you can't move around some pieces in this organization to fit his contract in and make a run at it this year. Make this, you know, like, and like I said, I said it, I said it in that article about Allen. Like, if you can get this team to be respectable this year and make them make a run at the, at the playoffs, regardless if it's a 56-game season, no fans, whatever. But, like, this city will be bananas, they got to, they got to, they got to do something like quick. Yeah. hundred percent, man. And like, there's still, there's still, but there's still thing. I think defensively is where you need to improve the most. And there's guys like Sammy Vaden and Travis Hamannick who are still out there. Why not take a run at them with how cheap these contracts are? These guys, normally those guys wouldn't go this long unsigned two weeks before training camp. True. No, I, I totally agree. I want, I, I, the money I've loved, isn't there. No, I've, I've loved Hamannick and guys, you know, He's, How he's much easier would Hamannick make Rasmus Dahlin's job? True. No, I know because they like kind of well, they're different player. I mean, you know, one stay at home, one's offensive. But if yeah. you have a guy like if you have a guy guy like Hamannick playing with Rasmus Dahlin, like right away you have a guy who's gonna you know he's gonna stay back. He's gonna allow Dahlin to maybe make a mistake every once in a while offensively. And you have a guy back there who is good at good, good at being a stay at home defenseman, but you also clean up those mistakes. You also want someone, you don't want to be so polar opposite where like Hamannick can't get in the play with Darlene. If he had to, you know what I mean? You don't want to be yeah. so, you know, you don't want to have a slug and then playing with Darlene. Oh, they offset each other. Cause one stays back. But yeah. think about it. You can't have your defenseman like this. You got to kind of, they kind of got to move. Yeah. In. Okay. So maybe, maybe then, you know, bringing in Travis Hamnick allows you to I have like, a guy. I like, like McCabe. I like McCabe and Dallin together when they did that for a little while. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't, it wasn't bad. Like I don't hate McCabe. I just, um, there are certain defensemen on this team that I would like to see their limits kind of backed off on a lot. And I think with the, how, how Rasmus Dallin has, built up his body and he's going to demand more minutes, which is going to help guys like Rasmus Ristolainen not play 26 minutes a night. Cause personally, I would rather see him around 20, 18 to 20. I think that's a perfect fit for him. You know, those guys are still out there. There's deals that are still maybe to be made. I know the Sabres made a deal today. You had a pretty good story about that uh, with with Riley Sheehan signing the PTO contract, which I don't want to, I don't want to blow. I don't want to blow him in. I don't want (laughs) to, I mean, you already did, though. You already went on Twitter and blew him in. What are you talking about? 
So we were, I think I was a junior in high school. So I played against him a couple times, like in travel hockey. He's from Southern Ontario and we got, so they, they took a bus down him and his buddies. They took a bus down from Ontario to an OAR concert. And this was in the big, remember the big parking lot outside the arena before yep. the Harbor center was there. Remember there yep. the big parking lot? So it was like 2007 or 2008, the OAR was playing down by the water and so these, you know, this bus from Ontario pulls in, me and Pete were sitting there in my 2001 Chevy Blazer and he came out and we were starting to shoot the shit and we were talking about hockey and like, you know, we had some similar acquaintances just from playing, you know, growing up. And next thing you know, he's in my backseat smoking a J and that year he's, I think he gets drafted by the Red Wings. <laughs> That's fantastic. That's yeah, a, so that, that was, that was funny. Part. I texted Pete today about that. I'm like, yo, the dude we smoked a J with in my Chevy Blazer in 2007, the Sabres. The just- <laughs> <laughs> yo, he was a cool dude. Yo, we, we, we burned one and then we were playing catch with the football in the, uh, in the parking lot where the Harvest Center is now. So that was, yeah, that was fun. But yo, he's a good bottom six guy, man. Like he, he, you know, he's like another kind of like, not, not much saying he's directly like a Gergensons, but you know, I would take him, I, he's a better player than Gergensons for the price. I would take him like straight up. I mean, I don't, I don't know. We know what the price is yet. I'm not, I haven't, I haven't seen any. Numbers. It's not going to be two and a half million. No, for whatever. No, Gerges is getting paid. I mean, you talked about that off air. We, I honestly think that's a situation where you paid Gergensons that much because you're an inexperienced GM who didn't know the market and a guy like Gerg, you, you just gave him a raise for what reason? I don't know. Much. <laughs> yeah, Yo, like, I, I don't know why you gave him a raise, but you did, and he gladly signed that contract. And that, that, that's another thing I've said a hundred times. Why not? If it, it, you know, be, be why, why jump the gun on a guy like Gergensons? Let him go to market and see what's out there for him. And then if he wants to come back, he comes back. But don't just pay him two and a half or whatever it was right out of the gate for two years. Like they they could have gotten him at half the price if they just sort of been like, yeah, yeah, no, go ahead, see what's out there. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but, but you know, like like I said, Pat, not a whole lot left to talk about here. You know, we've definitely covered a lot. Fun. This was fun. Oh, Thanks absolutely, for having buddy. I've had a great time. But you know, we covered some world junior stuff. You know, obviously the success of the Bills and how it's you know affected the culture here. You know, and again, I got I hope that you know Jack Eichel can finally start getting that same recognition that you know Josh Allen gets because you know he deserves it. You know, on and off because he does a lot. He does a lot, a lot of charity work that goes unnoticed, just like Josh. I know Allen. He does. Yep. And, no, they're and, both uh, both elite, and I think yeah, I, he's the best player. He's the best. He's the best player to come in his organization is Pat Lafontaine, without question. Yeah, oh, I, yeah, without I mean, question. I, think, I mean, I think he's I think he's actually the best player they've ever had ever. But yeah, I mean, again, you're 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 you're, you're trying to compare a couple different eras. It's and hard. Yeah, it's hard it, to do it's that. It's difficult. It's difficult. He, yeah. he played in the line. He played in the era of two line passing. You know. Yeah. Like, God, could you um, imagine? Oh my God, brutal! Yeah, could you imagine? So, so you know, really handcuffed how exciting the game could be. Could yeah. you imagine two line pass was still a thing. Oh my God! But I, yeah, I don't think it, there's ever been a worse rule in sports than the hockey, the two line pass. Two line pass made no sense at all. Let's just take let's let's make the game that's fun and let's just make it not fun and then put in the two line. Yeah, pass. yeah, I know. But Good. yeah, man, I appreciate you coming on with me, Patty. I I can't wait to have you on some more. Uh, you know, you're you are definitely a natural fit for this. All right. Well, I had, I had no practice, so I hope I, I hope I did. Oh, okay. you did a great job. You're you're so animated when you were pitchforking there in the background, uh, talking about who are you talking about, Josh? What was it? What were you talking about, Josh? Josh George, in front of the net, him and Mike Weber just with the pitch and Mike Weber pitchforking. Uh, that That's it. They don't they don't lift sticks. They just jam. They jam. They, they jam. jam. They get a little jam. A little grit. A little jam and yeah, grit. Yeah, a little sandpaper. A little sandpaper. 
Uh, Craig Reve would be so proud right now. Yeah. But uh, yeah, buddy, thanks for joining me, man. Uh, you know, I'm sure there's many more things that we could have talked about. But we'll, we'll do it next time. Yeah, absolutely. We'll save it for next time, and the next time will be very soon. I promise you that. Um, and again, I hope you know the Sabers make a run at this next season. Obviously, I'll talk about. It. We'll we'll talk again before that. So do I. You think of like watching this crap? So do I. I hope they get better. <laughs> yeah, you know I mean, like, you know, I don't want to. I don't want to be just watching non. You know, in the playoffs, this you know six five months from now, and just have it be the same old. You know, no Sabers. Sabers are golfing. You know, we don't well, want that. Tell, me, want tell me about it, bro, dude. Tell me about it. I went to I went to a game. My stepdad took me, two thousand five the Eastern conference finals when they played Carolina Briere scored in overtime. It was the best game I've ever been to. It was the only, only oh, playoff game sport I've ever been to. Daddy, those were the days when you know, they were coming back, even if they were down by like two with a couple minutes left. Just never got, yeah. Drew, yeah. I, yeah and we, I, I said, I said this to you. What do you think guys like Tim Conley, who, who were so talented, you know, who were so good, you know, so naturally gifted who had their careers ended, you know, because of injury, when they look at guys like Casey Middlestad or just pissing it away, what guys like him think about like, I don't even, I don't even, I don't necessarily think Middlestad's pissing it away. I just don't think he's, I just don't think he's that good. I mean, any way around, I just think definitely a bad pick at eight. That's for sure. Especially with what was there. Definitely (sighs) a terrible pick at eight. Yeah. uh, Well, we'll see what happens. I mean, I don't know. It's hard to it's hard to teach that killer instinct. I think he's kind of a wimp. I hope I'm wrong. You know, I hope I'm wrong. Well, I so do I. I don't want to be right. Like just like when they drafted Josh Allen, I admitted in that article I was wrong. I don't yeah. want to be right. He's our guy now. I want to be wrong. You know, I'm so glad I was wrong. I, I'm I'm a Josh wrong. Allen apologist, hands down, oh, yeah. like straight up. Oh, yeah. I'm glad I am. I'm proud to admit I am. No, nope, absolutely. Um, I agree. Hopefully, some guys like Nick Wright, Dick Wright, would finally get on the bus and just admit they're wrong that dude is a, he's a fucking dork <laughs> yeah he's a dork he's a loser he, he just does, he made a point and now he wants to die by it so he's doing anything he's he can dying on that hill by himself man it's, it's, it's terrible it's comparisons like, he's, dude he's, he's insufferable he's dude he's brutal absolutely man a- a- absolutely you know and again man we'll watch some more world junior hockey we'll have you on again we'll talk more you know we'll, when we get into the medal rounds if you want to oh, come yeah. on with us next week hopefully i'll have Cully with me and we'll talk the medal rounds all right dude But uh, again, that has been episode 42 of Two Goalies, One Mike. I have an insufferable dog who wants attention now. Got to get back to him. But thanks again, Pat, for joining us. And uh, we will see you next week. All right, bro. I'll see you. He wakes up in the morning. Does his teeth bite to eat and he's rolling. Never changes our thing.
every direction No words exchange, no time to exchange When all the little answers are shared Red and black and Sit on my way to 